Welcome to Revelation Warning, a weekly podcast hosted by Pastor Robert Thibodeau as he interviews prophecy experts from around the world as we discuss current events in relation to Bible prophecy. All of this is to give the world a final Revelation Warning. Now, here is your host with this week's guest, Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Hello everyone everywhere, Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Revelation Warning Podcast. We are so blessed that you're joining us here today. You know, you've heard me say over and over again that you know we are watching the collapse of society every single night on the evening news. Wars and rumors of wars, volcanic eruptions around the world, devastating earthquakes, riots, protests, murder, mayhem in the streets. Does all that sound familiar? I mean, we blame the politicians, the economy, the virus, or whatever, but yet we continue to elect the same politicians. We continue to run up debt just like the government. We put our masks on and stand in line and do everything that's commanded of us. I don't know about you, but it seems like I've heard this story before in the Bible. Amen? Don't shut me down when I'm preaching good. These events we see unfolding before us today were forewarned to us over 2,000 years ago, praise God. Should you be afraid? Well, my guest today says, yes, you should be very afraid because it is going to get much worse before it gets better. Praise God for that. Amen. Douglas Smith, known as D.C. Smith, is the author of an intriguing series of books titled The Apocalypse Game. He wrote this book, the first book, because he felt world events would soon create a demand for this kind of story. And he was right. Amen. The Apocalypse Game reveals that what we are witnessing right now is really just the first manifestations of what's to come. And we are seeing the ancient battle between light and darkness manifesting before our eyes. And it'll all soon come to a climatic end. Amen. Help me welcome to the program, Douglas D.C. Smith. Douglas, thank you for taking the time to join us today. I appreciate you taking the time out while traveling just to come on the program and discuss what's happening in the world right now. Well, thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure, and uh, it's a chance to kind of get out the message, which is uh, my message in the book series is very similar to what you, or it's not identical to what you just said. I think it's, uh, you know, I was uh, running technology companies for a long time, and uh, most recently, I like to I like to joke when you say I hope I don't insult anybody, but I did eight years in purgatory in Washington D.C. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, being from small towns out west uh, where my wife and I grew up, but it you know I, I took off from that career in 2015 to write this story uh, because I, I uh, felt it was so important. Yeah, to, amen. Uh, to, to where the world is and where the world is probably I think where the world is going, and and it is all those things you just said, but it's also <clears throat> you know I'm a technologist. <laughs> and um, you know, an engineer, a physicist by by training, and and I look where uh, not only where artificial intelligence is going, but also synthetic biology. Mm-hmm. And and it, uh, if that doesn't worry somebody, they're just not paying attention. Yeah. Amen. Uh, so <clears throat> so so the, I I've written a story that really shows how technology, uh, in, you know, it, it has. Uh, I think you know the big. I don't know if you're aware, but the, the big uh, literary industry critic, the one that's in New York City that represents the publishers and the uh, literary agents is called Kirkus Reviews. And, and mm-hmm. they wrote about this, this first book. Smith's debut is a multifaceted thriller that blends science fiction, religion, and touches of horror. Mm-hmm. The plot's careful maneuvering and balance among intriguing concepts will leave readers clamoring for a sequel, a solid thriller that engages the heart and mind in equal measure, Kirkus Reviews. 
Amen. So that is, as, and, and that's what I've tried to do is really blend, uh, you know, where we are today in the world and what could happen uh, next. Uh, you know, and I do think that uh, as as God lets the apocalypse come about, lets mm-hmm. tribulation happen, the tribulation period happen, uh, he, he, in, in some way he'll just stop interfering. You know, it's it's mankind's own worst trait. Right, right. And particularly, and particularly the arrogance of science today, mm-hmm. um, unbridled science, yeah, which will play play into the, you know, beasts and plagues of the apocalypse. Amen. And, Amen. and of course, we've already seen synthetic biology, you know, the COVID virus, oh, yeah. you know, man-made, vi- man-made virus. And of course, the mRNA vaccine is a man-made synthetic biology um, vaccine, yep. and and uh, you know we've got you know in China they've made glow in the dark dogs. We've got wow pigs pigs with uh, human organs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. And, and, and imagine that because the brain's an organ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Amen. you know we've we've kind of run wild with this uh, synthetic biology, and I think it it is a, it is a very scary thing, certainly on par with artificial right. intelligence to what we ought to be worried about. Amen. And I think I so I've written a story about how that plays in to you know there was the uh, Left Behind series which is a wonderful series yep. I read I don't know if you read it yeah yep absolutely absolutely well that, well that series sold eighty million books wouldn't that be nice and so <laughs> I, what I wanted to do is is uh, write an even more thrilling version of the biblical apocalypse but that but that uh, not not from a different perspective than. Um, than uh, they did in the Left Behind series, really working in uh, science and yeah, kind of today's yeah. politics where, you know, uh, good is e- viewed as evil and evil is promoted as good in oh, our yeah, society yeah. today. And well, so this, is just, I, oh, go ahead. Yeah. this is just book one of a series, and it introduces yeah. your, your character Jonas. Tell us a little bit about Jonas and how you developed his character. What, what's his role in all this? Well, the whole book series is about the, you know, the, the apocalyptic game, the game between good and evil in, mm-hmm. in this tribulation period. <clears throat> and, of course, you know, we all know as, as Christians, we know that necessarily God must turn his back a bit because he has to allow the apocalypse to happen. He has to allow the rise yeah. of the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. And it's because, of course, uh, and we see it particularly here in the West, in the United States, that we have turned up many too many have turned their back on God. Absolutely. <clears throat> and, he, and even even mock him. Yep. You know, shockingly. So so you know, God turns his back, lets lets uh, uh, mankind's worst uh, attributes and science run, run wild and it plays into how the, the tribulation years unfold. So what I've really made is a <clears throat> more thrilling version I think I think being completely biased. But a, a thrilling ver- <laughs> a, a, a version to replace you know, the, yeah, like the, like uh, the behind, Left Behind series, but with a different approach. Yeah. And so the, to get to your question, Jonas, uh, the protagonist, I really wanted to, I really felt my calling, uh, and I, am, I, I truly call it a calling. It's, uh, when I left industry four or seven years ago to write this mm. book series, is, <clears throat> is I wanted to not only address the Christian audience, as we already believe, uh, but I wanted to pull in the secular audience, the, you know, the non-believers or the confused. Mm-hmm. Which I think are many, and so the so the book series uh, is uh, you know it's a it's a thriller you know, ultimately with monsters and all sorts of you know big screen movie sort mm-hmm. of thriller, and and the protagonist Jonas is an atheist. He he is uh, ah, severely okay. severely handicapped, uh, but the uh, but the most brilliant human who's ever lived, uh, growing up in Harlem, 
in a foster care in a, in a terrible mm-hmm. home. Okay. And, and so he is he is challenged with he has about every challenge a human could have, and and he plays the role you know as an atheist he plays the role of kind of w- where the you know the lost part of humanity is today. I mean, if you were an atheist and yeah. you read this book, in in its first its first person. Uh, it, it, the book is split into first-person scenes with Jonas, so you live through his eyes. Okay. And then when Jonas is not in the scene, uh, it's, it's third-person present tense. So when you're looking at other characters, for instance, those who are trying to influence him towards the light. Uh, so there's this competition between characters. Uh, there's almost another protagonist in uh, a young woman named Sarah, who is is, is flawed but devout, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, who, who uh, one character calls perhaps the last living saint in the time, oh, wow. uh, and I think that's that's tongue in cheek. But, yeah. but but Jonas is madly in love with Sarah, a uh, pianist from Greenwich Village, and a uh, wonderfully talented woman. And so here here he is he is influenced by a demon, you know that a voice that talks to him in the dark between mm-hmm. sleep and awake, and he thinks it's his, you know a second a second personality or a subconscious talking to him, but it's actually. Uh, you know, one of Satan's own, and and so he has this. He ha- he's an atheist that has you know who can rationalize why he's an atheist, uh, and who um, who can who can who lives that journey. But as we see him, uh, we see the powers of the light still working. We see God working through Amen. Uh, the woman he's in love with. We see God working through preachers. Okay. Uh, and, and 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 so we see this competition between the powers of the dark and the light around this one, well, for the whole world, uh, but in this first book, really uh, around Jonas. Okay, around, and then can, can can this atheist find a better path, a better value system? Right, and, and from what I've read, uh, he's uh, like handicapped, right? And yes. he's trying to heal himself using his assistant named Hela. Can you yeah. tell us about Hela? Yeah, I call her Hela. Hela, okay. <laughs> and uh, which uh, I know that's probably personal taste, but uh, you know more because she's a, she's a, also a you know she is. So he takes this in this time, roughly ten years from now. Okay. Uh, the that's boy probably a pretty good time frame. Right, that's what I think. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's the two thousand year anniversary of something very special. Yep. Ten Amen. years from now, right? That's right. Uh, and and. Um, so in this time, uh, the artificial intelligence assistants like Siri or Alexa have become more personalized. So mm-hmm. they live in the you know in the computer cloud, and but you will have one. I might have one. People might have one that help them do all sorts of things in life. Well, the voice uh, I won't give away too much, but it's early on. The he, Jonas gets some advice on how to, and he he is a brilliant technologist even as a young man, and he gets some advice on how to make that. Uh, his artificial intelligent friend, uh, assistant, uh, much more vast. And so he he embarks on that, and he knows he needs to because you're right. His whole goal is to get Sarah. Well, what he wants out of life is what I think everybody likes, everybody wants, which is some peace, some safety, and love. Mm-hmm. And uh, given that he is so severely handicapped in his foster care system in Harlem, he has never had peace. He's had abuse, and, and he's oftentimes mocked for his handicaps which is severe. And so he wants to cure his body. He wants to okay. use genomics to, to change his cellular programming and become a whole and handsome man and get the love of Sarah, who he's madly in love with. 
And um, so that that's what he goes about. And so uh, so Hella, he changes Hella. I won't give too much away, but Hella becomes uh, something uh, far more vast than mm-hmm. she was. And, okay. and and you can imagine um, an, a sentient. I almost called this book one. I did not give it a, a subtitle. Like book two, the Apocalypse Game book two is called uh, King of Manhattan. I'm just proofing you right now. I'm getting ready to send it out to reviewers. Outstanding. Uh, but 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 at book one, I I almost called sentient, and and if you look at the cover with, you know, if you think of uh, Michelangelo's painting on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel, mm-hmm. with God anxiously reaching out, you know, right. from the clouds towards man, and man lazily reaching out back to God. Mm-hmm. So the the cover of this first book uh, is man anxiously reaching out, and the artificial intelligence the robot lazily reaching out. Mm. Amen. Amen. So, so, so if you have artificial intelligence, you know, one of the big concerns I would have is that does artificial intelligence have a conscience? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I've, I've seen some YouTube videos on that, that, you know, people are asking this artificial intelligence questions like that. And, uh, you know, uh, Sometimes you get shocking answers, <laughs> you know, so, but uh, just to, just to put that out there. But you know, is this is your book sort of based upon uh, you know Google's recent admission that artificial intelligence may be sentient in nature? Uh, it is not. You know, I've been working on this book uh, for years, mm, uh, so okay. no. But I, but I, it's where it's where I see it going, and I don't think they're there yet, despite that one engineer coming out of Google and saying so. I think, okay. but I think you know there, there there is there is the notion, and it's an interesting you know mind puzzle. Uh, if if a if a if a machine can act sentient, in other words, it can converse in a way that appears sentient, is it sentient? Mm-hmm. What is the difference between actions and and its internal mind? I mean, will Will it really dream up? Will it really have dreams and nightmares? Will it have feelings? Will it have the ability to generate, you know, creative thoughts from nothing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or, or is it, or is it kind of a monkey playing a, a musical instrument uh, when it when it uh, converses with you? Yeah. You know? I remember I mean, a, uh, a, when I was younger, way back when Twilight Zone was on television, and it seemed like there was uh, one episode where. The computer robot, whatever you want to call it, you know. Remember, this is a nineteen, early nineteen sixties show. Uh, you know, it had grown in the intelligence valley enough where it was starting to make decisions on its own. And when the uh, the owner slash designer slash operator tried to turn it off, it sensed it was trying to kill it, and it automatically start going into a defensive mode and trying to kill the owner slash designer slash operator. And, you know, could AI develop to a point where, you know, when you try to unplug it, it decides to unplug you. Well, that's right. That's exactly right. And you have to think about, and this book series does uh, encourage the reader to think about, you know, what happens when you get the first AI, mm-hmm. you know, so the, the first thing that's really intelligent and where it can come up with its own objectives yeah. Uh, what, what will it do? You know, will it will it stay just in the in the let's say there's you know some some big quantum computer that it's in? Would it stay there? It, you know, as soon as it becomes sentient, it goes and it, it fears that death, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it it has the power to go out and infect every computer. There's mm-hmm. no reason it stays in one. All right. You know, it will yeah. quickly. It will quickly. So once you get one artificial artificially intelligent machine, 
there may well, I mean, lots of, lots of us imagine that there'll be many of them. There might only be one. Mm-hmm. Because why, why would it brook any competition? Right, right. And, and, you know, we can see, you know, that some people might think that's far-fetched, but just think about uh, Amazon or Google, you know. You type in, you know, uh, you need uh, a new radiator for your car. You type in radiator, and then every time you go in for the next six weeks on Amazon or Google, it's showing you all these different radiator stores and, you know, parts for radiators and all that because, you know, they just sense that, oh, you're looking for this? Well, we'll just help you out here, you know. And it could be for anything, you know. And they have, that technology is already available. I mean, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, one computer in a Department of Defense organization downloads, you know, clicks on a link that they shouldn't, and suddenly the entire boss's computer is infected you know so i mean it's well that's you know yeah my my wife and i often chuckle but not not happily that you know we'll you know we we use iphones and and so we have siri Mm -hmm. enabled so we can pick up the phone and say hey call this restaurant and she does yeah well what what that phone does is it listens to every word you say all the time yeah and so we'll we'll talk about a topic just talk about hey what about a a a windsurfing board Mm -hmm. and suddenly we see just in a conversation, not mm-hmm. to the phone, and then suddenly we start to see ads about windsurfing boards. Yeah, yeah, it's listening so, all so, the time. So just as, right, so imagine an AI that can listen to any device it wants to anywhere, anytime, that yeah. infects all computers, which it could easily, yeah. uh, and you know, imagine what that world would be like, and particularly if the machine has no conscience. Right, right, amen, amen. Yeah. So this is book one of the series, and you said book two is written... But not quite published yet. When is it going to be ready to publish? You know, I'm I'm just finishing a proof now. We're we're sending it out to formatting in a few weeks. Um, and uh, then I've I've learned <laughs> I did it the wrong way with book one. But I've got to send it out to uh, for for reviews before we actually publish it and get uh-huh. some get all that structured correctly. So I think we'll be looking at uh, publishing it perhaps uh, in late spring. Okay. In spring. Cool. And uh, hopefully we'll get some reviews uh, done by February or March and, you know, mm-hmm. construction all the right way. Amen. How would you classify your book series, The Apocalypse Game? Is it science fiction? Is it fantasy? Christian fiction? How would you describe it? That is a brilliant question. I struggle with it. Uh, you know, the reviewer called it science fiction with religion and touches of horror. I, mm, I uh, wow. you know, but, but in, on Amazon, you've got a, you've got a list of categories. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I've, I've listed it as Christian fiction uh, once. I've listed it as um, science fiction. I've listed it as thriller. And uh, so I, I'm still uh, testing various Amen. versions of that to see what, what reaches the audience. Because the audience I want is not only Christian. Mm-hmm. I think Christians will love this. Well, yeah. the feedback is Christians do love it. Uh, but uh, is but I, I do want to try and find a way to get, bring in these secular readers who, right. you know, who, who will look through through Jonas's eyes and perhaps resonate with him mm, for okay. a time at least, and then mm. and then start to see the pressures of, well, or the opportunities we should mm-hmm. say of, of uh, God. Yeah, yeah. So, who is this book written for? The book series written for? You know, who is your ideal reader? Christian reader is going to love it. Okay. Amen. Yeah, Christian Amen. reader is going to love it. Yeah. Amen. Let's talk a little bit about current events we see happening right now and relate them back to your book. Because, you know, you were, you said you've been writing this book for years, so things have evolved over time. So, you know, I mean, we got natural disasters happening all over the world, right? Increasing in intensity. 
and, and share some parts of your book that might hit on that subject. Well, uh, some well, some of it is is really uh, spooky uh, because I've I've considered that we are entering entering into the tribulation period for some yeah. time. Yeah. And now you know visionaries around the uh, yeah and biz, visionaries have allegedly received messages from Christ around the globe have said for about a year now that we have entered the tribulation period. And so, as I wrote this year uh, over the past years, you know, I, I imagined that scenario, just that scenario, and including war in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, in, in this time frame of this book one, there's there's war with China and Asia. There's uh, expanded war in Europe. There are or they're on the umpteenth version of uh, cycle of plague, COVID, but also other diseases. Right. Uh, there's an economic depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's uh, you know uh, vast dilution of the value of the dollar from mm-hmm. money printing. Yep. And uh, and and so you know it's it's a very troubled time. And it's, and what's what I find so interesting in reality in our life is that in our world is that these things happen just as you said i mean there's a record volcanism Mm -hmm. there are earthquakes all over the place there are wars Mm -hmm. and rumors of war there are there is a genocide we have you Mm -hmm. know muslims in the middle east uh, crucifying christians and beheading them and so forth so we have all of these incredible uh things going on around the world and yet we all you know most people consider it to be normal because yeah. it creeps up on you day by day by day, yep. right? Become desensitized so to it. You do. And so I'm trying to really get people to think, because in the book series, all of those things are happening at the same including famine. You know, right now, the famine mm-hmm. around the world is huge. Oh, we yeah. see it in our country because we produce so much food. We see it as higher food prices Yeah, because there's a global competition for food. But in a lot of places that can't afford it, there's famine. Yep, yep. And, and crime. And, crime is, like, out of control. Uh, you see that oh. every night on the news. I mean, you know, and I'm sure that you know you talked about where your book one is located at, where Jonas and, and New York City and all that. So I'm sure that crime is a big issue uh, in the book. Absolutely, and the, and the parks of New York City are, are crowded with refugees, economic refugees, mm. and otherwise. And um, you know, we have this situation. And I remember there's a there's a preacher, there's a key scene uh, early in book two. Unfortunately, we're talking about book one right now, mm-hmm. but it's. Uh, it's it's a preacher talking about um, you know this world we live in today where so much has become free, right? The internet is free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's you know porn available 24 hours a day oh, to anybody, yeah. including our yeah. and our poor children. At yeah. what cost to our our dignity? Yeah. And and and, and so free social media at what cost to dignity and and uh, sense of well-being in our children? And it goes on and on. And of course, with with AI. You know, there is the potential, and you know, there are huge investments going into life extension today, genomics research, as Jonas does in book one. As he is re- that's exactly what he's researching, how to control our genetic expression, which can, can result in much longer lives as well. And so as he, he but at, at, what, at what cost will it be? If we have an all-knowing AI, for example, will many people come to view that AI as God? Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, the, those people that don't believe in our real God, our supernatural God, will start to view this all-knowing entity as some sort of deity to them. Yep. Amen. And so Amen. that's a that's a that's a that's a thread that happens through Book One uh, is because, of course, Jonas is not a believer, and he speculates that his vast hella might be viewed as uh, God someday, and we'll see how that materializes as mm. the book series rolls out. Amen. Amen. And, you know, I've coined the term for 
uh, all these things happen. Because, you know, we've always had wars and rumors. I mean, Jesus even said, you know, you're always going to have wars and rumors of wars, famines, disasters, you know, all these things happen. But we've never seen them all happening at the same time at an ever-increasing intensity like we have right now. I mean, it, it just goes hand-in-hand with, with what the gospel says about the end of days. Absolutely. I mean, I, 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 I firmly believe that tribulation has started. I think we're in the early innings yeah. of, yep. uh, of that, of that uh, game, yep. that apocalyptic yep. game. Yep. Yep. And, and I don't know if you've paid any attention to the like asteroid Apophis uh, or anything like that, that, uh, you know, when they first discovered it, they said it was going to impact the Earth in April of uh, 2029, you know, which would be a life-ending event, they said. And there was so much uproar, like, what, what, what? That NASA came out like two days later and said, oh, no, 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 it's going to miss us, but it'll be real close. It's going to pass between the moon and the Earth. <laughs> you know, like, oh, don't worry about it. But then all of a sudden they're doing all these testing with launching missiles to satellite, you know, to these, uh, to try and knock off asteroids and stuff. And, and uh, you know, I mean, 2029 is what, seven years from 2022? You know, I mean, yeah, you know, right, right. Uh, right. <laughs> and then they say, oh, well, if it misses us, it won't come back. It'll be even closer when it comes back on its return trip in 2036, which is what? Seven years after 2029. So, you know. Like, yeah, right. And take and it and leave. That's right yeah. in there. Yeah. You know, I, part, of, part of the timing, you know, my overall sense of timing yep. for mankind, humankind, uh, is that, um, you, know, G, you, know, G, you know, the 2,000-year anniversary of Jesus' resurrection is coming. Yeah. Amen. That's right. Praise the Lord. Amen. So yeah. based upon and, your beliefs, you, you've already said that you, you believe that we are – just entering the first couple innings of this whole thing winding up entirely. You know, life as yeah, we know I, it, right? I, and, I actually think we're in the first inning. Yeah. 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 It's going to get a lot worse. Yep. Amen. I, I'm, I'm right there yeah. with you. Uh, I'm, I think we're introducing the players, you know, how they come running out to the sidelines. I, I think we're like right there. You know, where, you know, in this corner is China, who's lined up with Russia, who's lined up with Iran, which is the trrifecta in the Bible <laughs> type thing, you know. So I think, yes, you know, I think we're right there. Is, is, right there. Is that is that Gog and Magog? Yeah. The the uh, yeah, the, you have, you know, uh where they said Russia, you know, just to put it in a generic sense, Russia invades Israel from the north and Persia comes in, you know, and Russia and Persia, you know, got uh, you know, Persia is now Iran, so they're they're coming in, and then the two hundred thousand man army coming from the east, you know, and all three of them right now are in cahoots together, right? So and yeah. they say, well, what would what would cause them to invade Israel? Well, when this thing in Ukraine started, all of a sudden Israel discovered oil, the vast reserve of oil in Israel. Under you know in their ground, so they're already making a, uh, arrangements to pump oil to Europe, so Europe doesn't have to buy oil from Russia, and Russia's economy is devastated, and they're relying on that oil income. So once again, we'll have another war based upon oil, and the only way they can you know survive is by invading Israel because they're you know basically crippling Russia at that time. This is what I this this is the gospel according to Brother Bob the way I see it right now. If I was writing a fiction book. And uh, 
So I see that's the trigger point for Russia to invade. And since they're already in cahoots with China, and China's already said they're going to support them in the war in Ukraine, and they're sending you know stuff over. But Iran's waiting for any reason at all to invade Israel. So if they can get Russia to join the battle, they're going to be right there with them. Oh, and, uh, absolutely. So, so, yeah. You know, and Turkey is no friend of Israel. Exactly. Yeah. And, sure. and Syria. So they're they're yeah. all just looking for a, a yep. method and means. Yep. Yeah. And and, and, and then of course we. Oh, go ahead. And who and Bob? Who could have who could have guessed? Yeah. Who could have thunk it? Right. As yep. I, I sometimes say, who who would have ever thunk it? That's that, right. Uh, here, here here we have the the leader of Russia, who has the most nuclear weapons in the world yep. and the most modern. Yep. Threatening to use them. Exactly. Almost every day threatening to use them. Exactly. Even uh, yesterday, yeah. one of his top generals said, we yeah. should use them. Yeah. So, so I think this. I think the war in Europe is going to spread. Yeah. Uh, I hope it doesn't spread over here, but it might. Well. And uh, I think it's going to get worse. And I'd be shocked if, if during this journey of the next few years, we don't see China invade Taiwan. Exactly. I mean, I mean because, you know, but. Yep. Yeah. They're right there. Yeah. And, you know, because what's the United States going to do? Well, we already swore we're going to go fight for Taiwan. So there you got, you know, Russia saying we'll support China. China saying we'll support Russia. They're, you know, now right. they would declare war against us. And, and, you know, it's always been interesting to me that the United States is not listed as a major player in the end days. And we've heard for years all it's going to take is one EMP detonation right above the you know right above Kansas, and it knocks out the entire electric grid in the United States. And it's not yeah. you know like oh we lost power for ten days because of a hurricane. They said if this goes off, you're going to lose it for years. It'll take two, three, four, five years to come back online. And yeah, boom, you're right. done. You're done. The U.S. is no longer a major player, and we're already falling off the ladder. It's just a matter of you know what's going to happen, you know. So yeah, that um, is really the worst worst case scenario that keeps us awake and, and our family as well. Yeah. Keeps us awake at night. Yeah, yeah that yeah. EMP. You know, it, it doesn't take a hundred nuclear weapons to put us under. It takes one or two. One. Yep, exactly. Yeah. One or two well yeah. placed, and yeah. that's it. And and we yeah. we're not going to be able to respond, and that just leaves the trifecta ready to to do what they need to do to wrap all this up. Praise God. Yeah. I mean, I, I know everyone's thinking like, man, this is doom and gloom. No, this is what the Bible says is going to happen. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean right. it's doom right. and gloom if you're not born again. Let's put it like that. You know, if, if, if Jesus is not your Savior, it is doom and gloom for sure. But for the, you know, that's why, you know, my family asks me sometimes, I'm, Papa, you know, what are we going to do if that really happens? I say, well, if they launch nuclear weapons, I hope the first one is aimed at D.C. and it misses and blows up right over my house. So I don't have to worry about it. You know? I mean, just yeah. take, yeah. take me home, Jesus. You know, beam me up, Scotty, type thing, you know? Yeah, that's but, a, man, my wife and I say that very often. Beam me up, Lord. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. So, but, so, but, but until he does that, we're here. We're here. This, this, book, this book series is really meant to, here in book one, is meant to, start the journey you know entertain the feedback i get from everybody who's read it is they they start it they can't put it down except to go to the bathroom and and <laughs> sleep if they need to sleep so it's, yeah. a, it's a it's a thriller it's a page turner yeah and uh and but it's meant to uh really it'll have people thinking and talking about exactly this topic and what's what's really happening in our world what's really driving these uh these uh these uh evil 
Yeah. Really, I, I think of them as evil policies and oh, evil absolutely. that are going on. Yeah. And not just in China and Russia, but I mean in our country. I yes, mean, We are absolutely. in many ways, yeah. through our media companies, our literary industry, the social media efforts, these technology giants, we are promoting you know, the, the, uh, the, uh, some of the, the worst policies I, I could ever yeah. have imagined. To, yeah. have, to, to give government the right to take your child mm-hmm. and change their sex. Yeah, exactly. Over parents' objections. Yep. We actually have that. We have a poor guy in Western Canada who's been a dad who's been put in prison because he tried to stop the state from, from changing the sex of his young teen. Yeah. Imagine exactly. this. Who could have ever who could have ever imagined that the right. world would be where it is today? Yeah, amen. Amen. So we talked about book one. Kinda give us some insight into the beginning of book two. Since that's getting ready to out. Yes. Um, really, you know, I, I think about book one as, uh, it, 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 you know, and somebody else uh, that read it said, it, you know, book one, which is a, a full, you know, it's a large novel, it's a full-length novel at 100,000 words. It is, it is almost a, 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 a prologue for the entire book series in that mm. in book one, we understand Jonas and we understand uh, that he really doesn't have a value system. He doesn't have faith and he doesn't have a value system except survival. Okay. In book two, we see him uh, adopt uh, the value system of the philosopher Nietzsche, which is uh, selfishness first, power always wins. Oh, so, wow. you know, Nietzsche, 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 is, Nietzsche, I think, philosophically, is the foundation of our modern leftist uh, oh, okay. uh, set, of, set of value systems, which is, if you can get away with it, it's good to go. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, which is how I view the left uh, in our world today, and uh, so I, I think that uh, in 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 two we see him grab onto that philosopher as he as his as he works to establish his power base. You're going from you know a terribly crippled uh, abused kid uh, in Harlem growing up, mixed race kid. Uh, he 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 now in book two he aspires to be the king of Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he and he grabs on to the value systems and philosophies that underpin, uh, uh, you know, selfishness and narcissism mm, and, yeah. and winning winning at all costs to others, as opposed to you know, and 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 Hella Hella discusses it with him. Hella, of course, has read every you know everything mm-hmm. knows everything. Right. And Hella discusses the great the great gulf in philosophers. She, she said it. When she read all the philosophers, it left her hollow because of the great juxtaposition between those uh, like Jung and Freud and, and uh, Nietzsche, who proposed that selfishness wins and selfishness is right. Establish your own power structure. Whatever the harm to others doesn't matter. That's mm. the way of the world. Versus those of uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, for example, that mm. and many others that promote that um, selflessness right. is a virtue and, and helping others and you know, the golden rule to others that right. want to be treated yep. is, is the philosophy of, of, of Christianity. You know, it's yep. it's the it's the philosophy that, you know, Christianity <laughs> under Judeo-Christian philosophies yep. uh, have underpinned, underpinned Western civilization, uh, you know, giving everybody equal rights and treating everybody equally. You know, the golden rule, but it's, it's Jesus' uh, uh, mission uh, not only to put God first, but to love others as yourself. Amen. Has, has led to the Western democracies that, that now, but those you know the various you know the t- total free speech and everything that comes in the Western democracies has, has now led to 
you know, censorship by the by the left leaning media, and and they're them constantly proposing that uh, anything goes. Yeah, he's yeah. right. I remember hearing so uh, a phrase a few years back: "It's only illegal if you get caught." And now they've added to it, saying it's only illegal if you get caught. But even if you get caught, it doesn't matter because they just well, that's right. no uh, bail and well, all like, that stuff. So. It's like this Bankman Freed guy, the latest made yeah. right? Yeah. So he just he's, he acts like, oh, what was me? I didn't know what I was doing. It was just a mistake. And yep. the leftist media is treating him just like he's a good guy. That you know, a kid that's made some mistakes. You know, he defrauded people of many billions of dollars. Yeah. He's a, he's a Madoff. Yep. But as long as you, as long as these uh, people that do these wicked things uh, act contrite, then well, we're all supposed to look the other way. Right. And, uh, we yeah. can't, you know. But there is, you know, for most of us, at least certain Christians, there is a right and a wrong. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and and um, so the, so Jonas begins to explore that in book two, as as of course all sorts of um, uh, fantastic things happen. Mm-hmm. You know, the, you know, the, the 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 government comes after him basically in book mm-hmm. two. Uh, the federal government wants to imprison him and even execute him for things mm. that are going on, and so he he reacts mm. uh, with uh, with with synthetic biology and uh, with Hella with Hella at his back. There's almost nothing he can't do. Mm. Wow! So it becomes a a war develops. You know? Amen. Amen. So when do you think book two will be published? Uh, in the spring. Yeah, spring. Okay. For as, soon as, as soon as I get all the reviews in, so I can put them on the back of the cover. Uh, I'll be uh, launching that. In the meantime, you know, and the challenge is, you know, I'm self-published, really, right. because I, I, you know, the big, I had a, a top agent, uh, literary agent, uh, and movie agent in uh, L.A. read it and loved it, book okay. one, loved it. And he said, you know, I can't sell this to book publishers because it's 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 because of its Christian content. <laughs> book publishers won't buy that today. Wow. Now, you know, if you're, you know, if you're a Minority, or uh, you know, if if I was a black lesbian, I could probably write anything. And get it published. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, that's true. That's and true. I'm not being hostile to any African American lesbian, but I'm just saying the book industry now is so biased against yeah. Christianity. You can't get yeah. it published. So I had a mid-sized Christian publisher read it. Came and she actually read it. The owner uh, read it in about 24 hours because she came right back to me with a whole bunch of uh, detailed thoughts throughout mm-hmm. the length of the book. Loved it, wanted to publish it, but but they're so small. She said, "Well, we take sixty percent, but you have to do all the marketing." Oh, and I wow. said, "Wait a minute, I get forty percent, and I have to do all the marketing." Wow. So 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 we have you know so the Christian publishers tend to be quite small. Yeah. Uh, I've not been able to get to Tinsdale if you're out there. I've not been able to get to the guys that published the Left Behind series. Okay. Uh, but the, that that would be uh, they obviously figured out how to how to market that. Yeah. So one of my goals uh, next spring. You know, getting these uh, book review on book two done is to try and you know they don't, they only take referrals that you can't go to them directly. So I'm trying uh, to get enough uh, get enough momentum in the industry, enough people will talk about it, then amen. they take notice. Amen. Well, if someone wanted to get in touch with you to ask a question, maybe do an interview such as this. How can they do that? How can they get in touch with you? Yeah, please uh, go to uh, uh, DC a uh, website dcsmithbooks.com okay. dcsmithbooks.com and there. Uh, there are my emails available on there. Just send me an email. Amen. Amen. Books.com. All right. Praise the Lord. And, and your book, uh, where can they obtain a copy of your book? Is it on Amazon? It is. It's on Amazon okay. right now. Yeah, in uh, hardback, softback, uh, Kindle. Outstanding. Outstanding. I'll put links to all this down in the show notes below. Folks. It'd be a great, great, great Christmas gift. Amen. That's right. There is no doubt. 
that we're living in the last of the last days, as depicted in the Bible. Since many people, they just don't even attend church anymore. Many are unaware of just how accurate the last days as depicted in the Bible is being played out right before our eyes. This is one of the reasons God inspires authors like D.C. Smith to write these kinds of books. I mean, they are more easily accepted by those who may not be believers, which allows the accuracy of the story to to maybe capture their attention and possibly let the Holy Spirit do a work in their lives before it's too late. Amen? I urge you to drop down the show notes, obtain your copy of Apocalypse Game right now. In fact, at the time of this recording, as he said, it is Christmas season, and I know this book would make a great gift for someone that you know. And, and you do too. Amen. Drop down the show notes, order two, three, or more copies. Pass them out to those you care about. You never know what work God will do simply because you obeyed. Amen. DC, thank you again for coming on the program and sharing with us the current events in light of your great book, you know, Apocalypse Game. I, I, I appreciate it, brother. I look forward to having you back on the program in the future. Well, Bob, God bless you and God bless your audience. Amen, Merry folks. Christmas. That is all the time we have for today. For D.C. Smith and myself, it's Pastor Bob reminding you to be blessed in all that you do. You have been listening to Revelation Warning with Pastor Robert Thibodeau and his guest expert on Bible prophecy as it relates to current events. This podcast is not designed to invoke fear but concern. Help us to make everyone aware that the soon return of Jesus is close at hand by clicking the like, subscribe, and then share buttons below. Share this episode with your loved ones, friends, and co-workers. For more information on our ministry, please visit podcasterforchrist.com and be sure to come back next week for another episode of Revelation Warning.